and welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. This is episode number 97, and we are going to be talking about how to create different gifts or things that you would be using on your homestead. You don't necessarily have to give them away as gifts. They could be both for you or they could be given away. But how we're going to be creating some of my favorite handmade things, what we're going to be talking about is making and creating things on your home or in your homestead that is using supplies that you probably already have on hand. So common goods, so to speak, or things that we can grow ourselves to then create gifts for those that we love and items for ourselves. Or things that can be sourced locally or that we can use in multiple ways. So they've got uses that are more than just one because that's really one of the goals and benefits of a homestead is having things that function in many different ways so that they can meet many demands without having to have all these different things. So that's what this episode number 97 is going to be encompassing. So I want to welcome you to the Pioneering Today podcast. My name is Melissa K. Norris, and here we inspire your faith and your pioneer roots. And one of the things that I want to point out to you, many of the things that I'm going to be talking about today, I actually have full on videos that will walk you through the process. So if you're a visual learner, you can go that way. And then they also have accompanying blog posts or articles with them so that you can get the written out. And many of them also have recipes so that you can go ahead and print those items out because that's one thing that we always want to have on hand as well is printed versions of things because I don't know how many times it's been that I want to go and create something and I realize that the resource that I've got, I've either got it saved on my computer or I have it saved online and of course something happens to our computer or we don't have internet access for whatever. It's really one of my upcoming goals that I'm going to be working on this year is to make sure that I've got the written resources for things. So I want to make sure that I've got printables for you guys so that you can easily print these items out and you can keep them in your homestead notebook or wherever it is that you would be keeping these things. Because I think that's a really important thing that in this um, becoming electronic day and age that we need to remember to have is our favorite things or the resources we use a lot in printed form and not just rely on them always being online. I'm going to be going over my favorite items with you guys today and I will be having all of the links so that you can go and grab these videos and the tutorials and the printables and all of that awesome stuff for whichever ones you decide to make be it one or all of them and that will be at melissaknorris.com click on the podcast button which is right at the top of the menu there at the top of the page and this is going to be episode number 97 so you'll just click on that and then it will take you to all of the different resources. What I really love about these gifts are not only can they be made handmade, so they are a frugal gift and they actually have use in the home, which sometimes there's things that are just pretty and we like them for the sake that they have sentimental value or we just like the way they look. They're pretty and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I've got those items too. But I really like to give gifts that are practical in nature, meaning they're going to be used by the recipient but also maybe introducing them into something that's a healthier version or a less processed version than what they may be used to using. So that's going to be one of the benefits of pretty much everything that I highlight here for you today in this episode. And the first one coming up is actually is lotion bars. If you're not familiar with a lotion bar, it is a hard form of moisturizer for your skin. So it's actually in a bar form. It's hard. It's not cream. It's not like a body butter. 
But the great thing about it is the way that you apply it is you will let it come in contact with your skin. So usually they're in the shape of small, like the kind of the size of the palm of your hand or a bar of soap, hence the name lotion bar, but you can do them whatever shape or size you want. They come in contact with the skin and then the heat from your skin melts that lotion bar just enough that you can rub it into your skin and apply it. And one of the awesome things about the lotion bars, well, there's a lot of awesome things about lotion bars, gotta tell you, but one of my favorite things is your lotion bar can be for pretty much anybody on your list, but it especially can be for the guys as well. Because a lot of times, or maybe it's just because I'm a lady and all that, I find lots of awesome things to make for the girls on my list, but I have a harder time coming up with some homemade gifts that necessarily are going to be for the guys. But with your lotion bar, this is an excellent item to give to the guys. It pretty much would go for everybody on your list, but it's really good also for the guys because typically, now of course, this isn't going to apply to everybody, but a, a lot of guys work outside more than the women. Now, not always, but in our house, I work at the pharmacy during the day at my day job, and my husband actually works at a guitar mill. He saws guitar tops and bracewood for guitars. So his job is primarily outdoors in all of the elements where mine is indoors, but when I'm at home, you know, I'm outside with the livestock helping and, of course, in the garden and all of that. For a lot of times, for those who work outdoors, especially when we hit winter time, the moisture tends to come out of the air. Plus there's usually more wind. So we've got wind chapped going on with dry skin and our hands are something that are usually exposed when we're working with them. Sometimes we have gloves on if it's super cold, but it can often be really hard to actually do things with gloves on. So even when I'm gardening in the summer and the spring and late into fall, winter is about the only time I'm not actively gardening. I don't usually wear gloves. I like to feel the dirt and I just can't function as well when I have gloves on. But that means that our skin gets really dried out, especially in these winter months when the freezing temperatures hit. It just tends to zap all the moisture out of the air. Plus we're indoors more and like we use wood heat as one of the primary ways that we heat our home. And that can suck the moisture out of the air as well therefore leaving us with drier skin. The lotion bars are fabulous because they only have three ingredients. And not only do they only have three ingredients, but one of the ingredients in there actually works better. They work better, in my opinion, than just using regular lotion. The essence of a lotion bar, and like I said, I have a complete video walking you through how to make these. They're very easy to make, 10, 15 minutes max, and you will have them made. I'm not kidding. It's super easy peasy. So you can go at mostknorris.com, click on that podcast button, episode number 97, and grab all these links to these tutorials. But what you're going to do is you're going to take three equal parts, and we have to do this by weight, not volume, of either coconut butter or shea butter coconut oil, and beeswax. There's no water. There's no fillers in it. This, this is straight emollients for your skin, moisturizers that go together without any fillers. And the great thing about the beeswax, one, if you have honeybees or beehives, then this is actually a component that you could raise and produce on your homestead. I don't have beehives yet. <laughs> and so one of the great things is we've, I know several local beekeepers that do have beehives. And so I'm able to get beeswax for them at a great rate and I'm supporting a local business. And it's something that comes from the local area where I live. Now, if you don't know anybody who has beehives and you don't have them going on on your own right now, of course you can order this online. When you're making the lotion bars, I will give you a tip on the beeswax, and this is also in the links, is with the beeswax, it is easier if you get it in the pellet form 
to measure it out and it melts quicker. So if you're going for fast, if um, time is an issue for you right now, you'll want to go with a pellet form. Now, if you do get the beeswax from a local beekeeper, it usually comes in kind of um, almost like little not little, but actually large chunks or bricks of beeswax. You could grate that as well to get it into that smaller form. But if you're ordering it online, you'll probably want to go ahead and grab the pellets just for ease of use. What you do is you take those three ingredients in equal weight and you melt them in a double boiler on top of your stove. They melt super quick and then you pour them into a mold of some kind. So you have to pour, it's liquefied at this point. You're going to pour it into whatever desired shape mold that you've got. You can order molds. You can make them really super easy from just stuff that you've got lying around the house. You can get really creative with the mold part and that's really fun. Then they begin to harden really quick. And usually within 12 hours, they're completely solid, and then you can start using them. The awesome thing, too, about the lotion bar is they can double as a lip balm. So you can just let the heat of your lips, you can just put them on, and then you can use that without having to put them in the little roll-up tubes, which are great if you're making homemade lip balm. Those can be great, too. But so you're kind of getting a two-for-one deal, whereas they work really good on your hands, your elbows, feet, you know, all those places that tend to get really dry, and your lips as well. And the great thing about that ingredient of the beeswax is not only does beeswax help moisturize, which also the shea butter or cocoa butter or coconut oil will also do, but beeswax actually not only does it put moisture back into the skin, but it actually creates a protective barrier and it stops the moisture that you've just put into your skin and the moisture that's in your skin naturally from escaping. So it prints, creates a breathable barrier on your skin. So it keeps and locks that moisture in that you're putting in. Whereas regular lotions and creams, they don't really do that. Not the way that the lotion bar does because it's got those equal and three different parts. It's got such a higher amount of the beeswax. So that is one of the great things. If you've got really dry skin, you definitely are going to want to check out and make the three ingredient lotion bars because they're so super easy to make. They're very basic ingredients. They work for everybody in the family, everybody on your list, and they can be used as lip balm as well. Now, the other really fun thing about the lotion bars is you can also scent them. So you can create different scents using using essential oils as well. And I talk about in the video, go more in depth on how to do all of that. So lotion bars is one of my number one picks just because they can go for pretty much every single person on your list. Now, one of the next items that I really love to do is because this is, these anybody can make. You don't have to go get any special ingredients. And for most homesteaders or people who are starting to live more naturally and not have all the processed foods in their home, you're already going to have all of these ingredients already in your pantry ready to go. And that is making homemade mixes in jars. And of course, in mason jars, because that's my favorite thing almost in the whole wide world. Couple things to keep in mind when you are making some mixes in your mason jars. And first off, is you're going to want to use store bought flour. Now, a lot of you may be only using store bought flour, but here on our homestead, we actually grind a good portion of our own flour at home. So we mill it at home. And if you want to, you can go back and catch that in some previous podcast episodes. You can go to the podcast page and we talk about milling your own flour and choosing your own grain mill and then baking with fresh flour. The one thing about flour milled at home is because it still has all of the three parts of the wheat berry in there, the bran and the germ and the endosperm, well, the germ is where the oils are at. 
And oil, as we know, once that's exposed and that wheat berry is ground up into flour, that can turn rancid. You've got about a two-week window there with fresh ground flour and to use it before it would start to go. And when we're giving this as a gift, most of us are going to be making these mixes up in a jar a little bit before Christmas. We're probably not going to be doing it on Christmas Day when we're giving out our gifts. And then you don't know from the time that you give your mix in a jar to the recipient how long it's going to be before they go to bake it. So this is one of the few instances where I would not use fresh ground home milled flour and I would actually use store-bought. And I generally go with an all-purpose. We use an organic all-purpose flour if I'm not milling it at home. So I would pick all-purpose because, hence its name, all-purpose, purpose, it's going to work the best in the majority of different recipes. And if someone's not familiar with baking with, for example, whole wheat pastry flour, most people are really familiar with using the all-purpose. So that is my number one tip. Next up is when you're using your mason jar, most of the recipes that you would use to make a single homemade mix. So for example, making my great-grandmother's homemade chocolate cake mix because nobody y'all should still be buying those boxed cake mixes okay there's absolutely no need that this recipe was my great grandmother's and it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation within our family and that's the thing about those old family recipes ain't nobody gonna be passing down a recipe for that many years if it's not good so it's like the ultimate recipe testing are those old family recipes that have been around forever ever, and is everyone's favorite. So this is the one in our family. So it is a chocolate cake mix and it's super easy to make up into a homemade gift. And a lot of people, if they didn't grow up with a mom who baked from scratch or they're just learning how to cook, they just naturally grab a cake mix. And so this is a great way to transition someone if they're, if you, they're used to using those homemade mixes or used to using those store-bought mixes, transitioning them into being able to use and cook totally from scratch and homemade. It's kind of that little bridge there. So it's a great gift. Plus, who doesn't want a gift of chocolate cake, right? Primarily, most of the mixes and jars and most of the recipes that you're going to be making or converting if they're your own recipes to a mix in a jar is going to be a wide mouth just because it's way easier to fill the jar and pour things in that way. Quart size, which is four cups, mason jar. And what I like to do is I will save the lids from canning that have already been canned. Now, we can't reuse those metal lids that's not safe to reuse those to can with them a second time, but they work great when we are doing dry storage or on our dry goods to reuse them that way. So they're the perfect thing to wash and save and use in the mixes that you're giving out so that you're not having the cost, the additional cost of using a new canning lid. When you are picking a recipe, you're going to want to pick a recipe that you just mix all of the dry ingredients in with the wet. So for example, if it was a recipe that said you needed to, for the recipe to turn out and to be completely great, that you absolutely needed to cream together. A lot of the times you'll have recipes that say you need to cream the sugar with the butter by itself or with the eggs, kind of depending upon the recipe. So recipes like that, you could mix all the other dried stuff in of all the other dried stuff in, leave the sugar out and give the recipe instructions with it to do that. But it's a lot easier if you can just pick recipes where you don't have to do those separate steps. 
when you're giving it to somebody. That's why a lot of times you'll see brownie mixes in a jar and this cake mix recipe is great in a jar because you just blend the dry ingredients together and then you mix them with the wet. So one of the things to keep in mind when you are making a mix in a jar is you need to look at the total volume of the dry ingredients and make sure that it's not going to exceed that four cup mark because then it's not going to all fit into obviously your quart size jar. And one of the best tips I've got is when you're doing this is to use your canning funnel when you're putting the dry goods in. It just helps not make such a mess and it makes it way easier, especially if you want to do like an assembly line and create a lot of these gifts to just go down the row and use that canning funnel. So I generally will put the most of whatever ingredient I've got going on first, which usually is flour and then the sugar, and then we'll put in our leavening agents and anything else dry-wise that go in. And you can mix your leavening agents together. So for a lot of recipes, that's going to be baking soda or baking powder, maybe some cream of tartar. You can put those in because they don't get activated until they meet the wet ingredients. So you're going to put all of your dry ingredients in the jar and you can layer them if you want. You can put them in layer by layer and that creates kind of the visual prettiness of the layer. Or you can mix it all together in a big bowl or just in the jar and then pour it in. But I want to give you one tip because if you are mixing your dry ingredients into the jar or excuse me, pouring those dry ingredients into the jar, you're going to be getting air from when you're pouring them in. So a lot of times you'll have it kind of sticking up in the top of the funnel and at first it's going to be like, oh no, this is not all going to fit in here. Well, take a long handled spoon and kind of gently start to tap in those dry ingredients and that will tap those dry ingredients back down into the jar. It's going to eliminate the air pockets. And as long as you use have measured out the beginning volume, so example, you know, you've got say two cups of flour, one cup of sugar, half a cup of cocoa powder, and then a couple teaspoons, one teaspoon of baking soda, one teaspoon of baking powder, maybe a little bit of salt. You know that that doesn't exceed four cups and it's all going to fit in there. So that's why I say do your calculations ahead of time if you're not following an already established mix in a jar recipe, which speaking of mix in the jars recipes, I do have up for you my great grandmother's, her cake mix, chocolate cake mix recipe all done out. And the really fun thing, and this is going to make your life a whole lot easier if you're going to be giving this for a gift or to have on hand, is I've got free printables with that. I've got where you can print out on one sheet, you can print out the actual recipe card that's got the entire recipe given out. Because when you give it to somebody, you want them to be able to remake that recipe time and time again. Because hopefully the reason you're giving it to them is because it is super awesome. And I promise this one is super awesome. They're going to need the full recipe, including the dry ingredients, in order to replicate that. And that's kind of one of the goals is when we're giving out these mixes in a jars is to get someone is to start cooking these from scratch and not buying the processed counterparts at the store. And this is a great way to do that. So we want to give them the full recipe. So I've got that all on the card, really super cute little card printed out for you so that you can give them the whole recipe or have it for yourself. And then I've also got so that it looks like a cute gift is the instructions on a little cute printable gift tag that you will tie right onto the jar. So you can use ribbon or jute twine, tie it right onto the jar that has the wet ingredients and then has the instructions to actually bake the cake just like it would be if you were buying a box mix. You know how it has on the back, add this, this, and this, and how to do it. Well, that's how that's written out. So I've got both of those on a card. You can grab those, print those bad boys out and give them with a gift and then also to have for yourself. Some of my other favorite mixes in jars, and you might notice I got a thing about chocolate. Holler, y'all, I love 
my chocolate. So I got my chocolate cake mix that I just gave you. And one of my other favorites is a fudgy brownie mix in a jar. Now, I happen to like my brownies more on the fudgy, ooey, gooey like side. I do like cake, but on my brownies, I'm not such a big fan of like the cakey brownies. I want that thing to be fudgy. That's what this recipe is. And there's the links for that as well so that you can go and you can grab that and make up those mixes. And these are great because at the time of this recording, it's December 3rd. These are great things to be giving as gifts, but they're also just great things to have on hand because most of us, especially if you're starting to stock some type of food storage, we're going to have flour. We're going to have sugar. We're going to have cocoa powder. We're going to have these base ingredients that we can use to create all these up. I like to just go ahead and create some up in a jar so that I just got them ready to go. If I come home and it's really super busy, or it's a busy time of year, I can just go and grab these and I'm set. And it doesn't really take that much time when you're making them from scratch to measure off the dry parts separately. But if you're in a really big hurry, it can be a great time saver. We've been talking about the chocolate, which I love the chocolate. But I also have a bread mix in a jar. And that one's really fun as well. It's a no need. It's based on the artisan no need bread in five minutes a day. That's my take on that recipe, which I've altered a little bit to actually make it a little bit healthier and to create a better rise in that product. And that is with the addition of apple cider vinegar, because when you add vinegar to no need products, what happens is, is once it's baking the little spots of the vinegar that are in there, they evaporate. And so they create a lighter texture, which is normally what happens when we need is you're actually going to be creating a better texture in that bread product, but with the no need ones, if you add some vinegar in, then that helps. It also creates a, what we would call more of a traditional soaked recipe when you add that vinegar in there because the acid helps break down the phytic acid, which can be in, is in your grain and your wheat products. And so that actually can help aid with the digestion. The apple cider vinegar has a couple of different purposes, but you can grab that variation of that recipe as well. And you can create this super cute, like I said, mix in a jar to give with your gift givings. And I have another one coming up. I know it's like, I probably will go back in and just edit this like all your mixes in a jar. One of the other fun things, and this is where we get back to some of the ingredients that you can grow easily on your homestead that you may have already preserved up. And some of y'all might already have these ingredients already up in your food storage or in your cupboard. And that's making your own homemade herbs, blends, and spice mixes. I cannot tell you the last time, I'm trying to think back, it's been years and years and years since I have bought from the store those little spice packets of things like taco seasoning, chili seasoning, um, salad dressing seasonings, like all of those things. One, they are not cheap when you're buying them in them packets. You can make those at homemade much, much, much cheaper. Second, a lot of times those will have fillers in them. They'll have some hydrogenated oils or some different fillers so that they're not caking together. That can be GMO ingredients or things that I really don't want happening in my kitchen. Making them at home allows you to control the ingredients and it also allows you to control the heat factors. A lot of times like with the chili and the taco seasoning mixes, we all have, you know, our palates on if we like them really mild, we like them super spicy, kind of in the middle. And so when you make them up at home, that gives you the benefit of controlling not only the ingredients that go in it, but that flavor profile as well. 
for those of you who grow some of your own herbs and have dried them, you can easily use those to create gifts for people or just your own spice blends or herbal blends for things just to have up in the cupboard ready to go for whenever you're cooking. And, and, and I have four different spice mix and herbal blend recipes up for you on the blog right now with, again, the super cute free printables that you can print out and you just tie onto the jar and they tell you what to add. So not only do we have the recipes up, so you can grab the recipes to actually make the spice blend and then the printable label that goes with it tells you how much of that spice blend to use. So for example, if you're doing the taco seasoning, how many tablespoons to use to your pound of hamburger. If you're doing the ranch dressing mix, how much to add to how much sour cream or milk or buttermilk, all those kind of fun things. Got four of those up there with the free printables that are designed super cute so they look lovely for gift giving or just to keep at home in your own pantry because we want our own pantry to be looking super cute, right? You could essentially do all five of these things that I said. One of them alone makes a fabulous gift. So you could just do one of these as a gift or you could create your own homemade goodie basket with all of these items and that makes a really cool gift too and a lot of times what i will like to do is if you've got couples or families that you want to give a gift to this can be a great family basket or you could just do them individually like i said either way is really fun and so i've gotten all of those links and pictures of course ways that you can decorate and pretty up the jars plus all of the fun printables that you can print out and to go with them with all of the recipes. I wanted to share these with you in plenty of time so that you still have time if you don't have some of the ingredients on hand to get those ingredients and then to make them up for your gift giving or just to have on your homestead as well. Now you'll notice when you go and click through to the tutorials and to grab all of these things that I'm mentioning on here with the videos, a lot of these are have been done, the tutorial videos, I do every Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Melissa K. Norris. Sometimes I will just turn that exact teaching into the podcast for you. But I felt like you sitting through and listening through me walk through each of these recipes, you might already know how to do some of them or you might not want some of them and it might not be as exciting I'm not sure if exciting is the right word, but I hope you all get excited with a new podcast episode because I certainly get excited doing the Pioneering Today podcast every episode for you guys. But I didn't want you to have to sit and listen to them. I thought that might be a little bit boring when you don't have the visual or if it's not something you're sure that you want to make. So I wanted you to still get those resources, but I kind of condensed the last two live trainings that we have done into this podcast episode so that you can still go grab those if you want, or you can kind of just get the gist of it from this episode. And speaking of awesome gifts, and this could be for yourself if you don't have it already, or to give away to someone or you could do both because I totally do that with a lot of my gifts. Right now, at the time of this recording, Amazon has my book, The Made From Scratch Life, Simple Ways to Create a Natural Home at 37% off of the paperback price. So that makes it, you guys, less than $9. It's like eight bucks and some odd change 
for the paperback version of the book, which a lot of these recipes are actually found in the book, but there's a ton more in there. There's 40 plus recipes from making your own homemade cleaners. Of course, our food products, because if y'all haven't figured out yet, I am a total foodie. I love to eat good and from scratch, along with some homemade beauty products as well. So the lotion bars, there's homemade salves in there and other great things. Because I always like to say that we can give somebody the food in a jar or we could give them a wonderful plate of homemade goodies and they'll eat for a day. But you can give them the made from scratch life and teach them how to do it themselves and they will eat well for life. So that's my little play on that saying, but it's totally true. And I love to give somebody a gift that they can use a life skill. So, you know, not just a physical gift that they're giving actually to make something, but when we give somebody a life skill or something that can change their life, which I love getting and receiving books myself, then we're giving them a gift for life, which is pretty cool. And, and, and you can also go to madefromscratchlife.com and I have over $20 worth of free bonuses. So there's an additional gift for both you or the person that you give the gift to. So if you're giving them the gift, then they can go to that same place, madefromscratchlife.com slash bonuses, and they can go in and claim their bonuses as well, even if they get it given to them as a gift, which is pretty awesome. For today's verse of the week, this is probably one of the most common or well-known Bible verses ever. I think it's probably one that we all, or mo a lot of us, I should say, especially if you grew up going to church, was one of your very first memory verses. And that is John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that was exactly the way that I memorized that when I was little. So that's not actually an NIV translation, which is what most of the verses that I read to y'all that we share here on the podcast are from. The reason I want to share that verse is because I think sometimes because we've all, or for me personally, I have known that verse for so long. Sometimes we kind of forget the true impact and the awesomeness that's packed up into that verse especially as we're going into this Christmas and holiday season, well, depending upon when you're listening to it, but at the time of the recording, we do a lot of thinking about gifts, right? Making gifts for other people. But there really truly is no greater gift than the gift that God gave us in the form of his son Jesus and the salvation that comes when we believe in him and invite him into our lives. And I think sometimes when there's a lot of hurt going on or we've got a lot of crazy stuff happening in this world. Sometimes people will naturally question like God's goodness or God's love. Like how is God so good and how is he love when all of these horrible, crazy, bad things are happening? And that's why I like to come back to this verse because God does love the world. He loves each and every one of us. And sometimes when we're suffering, we forget that God gave his son. And is if you are a parent, then you know that anything that involves your child comes from love. And if you were to ever have your child go through something that would be painful for someone else, that is a huge amount of love. And it also reminds me that God went through suffering and pain as well, because when our children hurt, we can't help but feel that pain too. God 
I think hurts with us, but he also rejoices with us and he also is there to comfort us and to give us that peace and hope and love when we seek him. I hope that your holiday season and into the new year is filled with faith, hope, and love. I want to thank you guys so much for joining me. I hope that these were some inspirational homestead gift-giving ideas that you can give with supplies mainly that you have on hand or you can grow yourself. And speaking of, if growing your own herbs is something that you want to do but you haven't done yet, very soon, coming up into the new year, we're going to be really diving into planning out your complete homestead year and how to do that in a very short period of time to get yourself set up for self-sufficiency and old-fashioned living for the entire year through every season. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Go and get all of the fun, cute, free printables that you can print out to make your gifts super easy. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I will see you on the next one.